0: Everything Portuguese Soccer Podcast uh, by the fans for the fans. Uh, I'm Kevin. There's Christian. There's Mitch. Thank you so much for tuning in. We also have a very special guest today, Rich Ferreira. Uh, he's uh, a long-time uh, listener viewer of our podcast. He's going to be joining it, providing some insights. Uh, unfortunately, he's a Benfica fan. We that's have to even things 90s. up here. I, I'm always, <laughs>
1: always shorthanded here against yeah. the Sporting East. We yeah. have well, to that's even it That's up.
0: the way it's supposed to be. That's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> going to bring him in in just a quick second. Um, but, wow, uh, we're going to get things started here with uh, the World Cup uh, qualifying uh, playoff draw. Uh, Nostradamus, uh, Mitch, over there uh, uh, last week did say that he had a dream it was going to be Portugal-Italy. And while well, dreams uh, do come true as Portugal drawn into the group of death, which seems to be a, a normal thing for Portugal. We always get put into a group of death, but legitimately, uh, we're in trouble, boys.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I <clears throat> Turkey is is already going to be a challenge in itself. Uh, they've got a lot of really, really talented players um so that game in itself is going to be you know challenging and then of course um you know italy should should beat north macedonia so, so- if we do happen to be turkey we've got you know, the reigning European champions to, to go up against.
0: And I just want to jump in just so people maybe aren't familiar with the flags there. So Portugal's drawn into uh, path C. So they'll be taking on Turkey in the first semifinal. Italy will take on North Macedonia. The winners will play each other. The final will be played in either Portugal or Turkey. So uh, Christian, what do you think, man?
2: Yeah. Um, honestly, everybody's talking about uh, Portugal, Italy. We got to make it through Turkey first. And you know, uh, you know us, right? <clears throat> not gonna be easy turkey's a good team although i was wrong my the last euro i predicted turkey to do really well
1: same as yes actually a lot of people did
2: yeah so it's definitely not gonna be an easy game but yeah like like uh kevin said it perfectly man portugal always gets drawn in the group of death but i wanted to add on one more thing to what kevin said he said uh mitch dreamt portugal you know got italy but he also dreamt that we beat him so Hopefully, uh, you got that the, right too. Who
1: we cost it was on the field. So, it was uh, a <laughs> who knows, man? We might have to call it. You got to like, uh,
0: sure hold enough, off on the awkward event is. at night or whatever. <laughs> uh, you know what, though, Christian, you make a really good point about Turkey because I, I think no one wants to overlook Turkey since September. They changed managers, so in September, they brought in a new manager. Uh, and uh, Stefan uh, Kuntz, uh, he played for the German national team, won Euro 96. He was a manager with the German U21s where he won two euros uh, in 2017 and in 2021 since he took over they've scored 11 goals conceded just three goals three wins one draw turkey is the real deal here it will be a very difficult game and i think there's a lot of questions that need to be brought in here. <clears throat> what does Fernand Sanche do? What kind of format are you looking at? Because some people are saying, well, let's just try something completely different. Is it time? <laughs> is it appropriate to experiment in a game like this? So that's question number one. And then question number two is where do you actually play the game? In what stadium would you play the game? And, and we'll get to that in a bit. But let's talk about what Fernand Sanche should do as well. So I want to bring in Rich Ferreira as well so he could join in the conversation. (laughs) So, Rich, thanks for joining in to the To the Tuga podcast. How's it going, man?
3: Good, man. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate you guys bringing me on, and you guys are doing great in the community. We need more uh, positive vibes going forward because it's been a tough year, very tough year, and uh, it's only going to get tougher.
0: Yeah, It is only going to get tougher. So, all right, guys, I'm going to throw it out there. Let's start with the first things first. What does Portugal need to do? to get past Turkey. And is it a matter of, is it appropriate to be playing around, experimenting with some sort of different formation or whatever to try and get the W?
2: So what, what's the definition of insanity? And you guys let me know doing the same thing over and Educate over again. Me, and Educate me. Yeah. Doing the same thing over and over and hoping for a different result. So uh <laughs> 4-3-3, you know, uh is not working, especially since Mitch, I don't want to take away from what you're what you said, he said it right. The you know, we didn't play we don't play good with uh, you know, the three at the back, the 3-4-3 three. Three Again, yeah. yeah, against <clears throat> the So obviously the 4-3-3 against the, you know, the 3-4-3 is uh not working. So I think for this for this particular game, yeah, we do have to change. Whether it's new players coming in, new different tactics, different formation, so in my opinion, something something's got to change. I don't know what you what you guys think, but that's my opinion. Richie, what well, do you
3: think, buddy? L- luckily, Turkey plays a flat four and not three in the back yeah. because we seem to struggle with that, right? As you guys well noted there uh, on the last podcast, but um Turkey's not going to be easy, man. And just the the lack of cohesion that Portugal shows in, the, in these last few games in qualifying has been shambolic, to say the least. And they're going to need to find the right remedy to uh, to get a win. And then, and then you got the tough task in the in the follow-up game if we get through Turkey.
1: Yeah, and they've got a talented group of guys, man. Chinoglu from Inter used to play for AC Milan. Uh, got transferred to Inter. He's he's always been a great midfielder. Yilmaz from yeah. Lille is yeah. there too. Like they've got a very talented squad. Yeah. Now, uh, kev Kev alluded to the fact earlier that we all know they had a, a pretty piss poor Euro, which I think was all to our surprise. I know you and I talked about Turkey being potentially being a little bit of a dark horse. They they didn't end up being that dark horse. Yeah. They got they got ripped apart a little bit to, in the Euro. Um, they did get. <laughs> uh beat I'm just looking here at their past results. September seventh they lost six one to the Netherlands and they tied Norway one one. They beat Lat- Latvia two one and then they beat Gibraltar six nothing and then Montenegro 2-1. So they've had some really up and down kind of results. Um but it's um Namatamata mata, anything can happen man. Anything can happen in a Okay, so game like you this. said they lost
0: that one game? They lost.
1: They, just, they lost six to one to the Netherlands, and then they tied one to one 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 with Norway.
0: So I wonder if that loss against the Netherlands was under the old coach, right? Because they haven't lost under their new coach. They have If
1: they haven't lost under their yeah. new coach, then then that then their their coach was probably sacked after yeah. the six one defeat. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and then like I say, no mata, mata anything can happen. But we do have home home field advantage, and Kev, you alluded to this. The big question is where do you play? Where do you play these two games?
0: So let's 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 talk right there estadio de luz uh i said it last week uh, to me it's the best stadium in portugal uh shitty team but best stadium um, <laughs> portugal's <laughs> lost their last two games there 2-1 to serbia 1-0 to france uh, they also lost against turkey uh in 2012 in a friendly 3-1 at the estadio de luz so We're i think that right zero. there that right there it's a no go um so then I think logically you look to Porto and you go to the Stade do Dragão. They lost the opening game in 2004, 2-1 to to Greece at Euro. But since then, it's been a 10-game unbeaten streak, including a 4-1 win over Croatia in 2020. So I think the decision is pretty simple. You play the games up in Porto.
2: I mean... I know what you're saying, and on paper, <laughs> that looks good. Here comes, and here I, comes I, I, Here, here comes. No, 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 no. And I, but I'm, and I'm all for not playing at the Come I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, no, but all jokes aside, I don't think, you know, that's what we should be looking at. We should be looking at what we talked about, what I was mentioning earlier, was is the formation we're going to play. You here. want
1: the game in Lady. <clears throat> or,
2: <available laughs> or actually Kazagish. You guys got to say anything about Kazagish? But, no, no, but we got to really concentrate on how we're gonna line up and what players we're gonna call up for this, because like I alluded to in the last few podcasts, we had 16 changes in two games. What's our identity? That's a big yeah. thing for us. What's our identity? How are we gonna go about this? Yeah. Um, Manchester United just got you know a, a new coach, and one of the main things he was talking about is the players got to know what their role is. And I don't think we have that in Portugal. I don't think I don't think players know their role in, in Portugal. And I think they're stuck between two generations where before Portugal was a very defensive, hard to break down downside, And now they're trying to transition into a, a different style of play. I feel like they're lost. I think that's what we got to concentrate going on these two knuckle games.
1: I would agree with that, man. I would, We've always talked that Portugal doesn't have an identity. <laughs> you know, uh, Fernand Sench was talking after the, you know, after this, this draw came out, he was saying, I wish the games were in December. I think there's too much time. And to, to, to me that, that there's a point to that. There's Is a it, point to that. you know, um, you know um, he, he wants to he want he feels like the players are, are hungry and because you, you kind of lose a little bit of that, you know, with, with three, four months, you lose a little bit of that gaga that, that they have, you know, they, they just got humiliated at home, you know, he wants to get back in there right away. So there there's there's a point to that. But I also on the other side of that, I think having some time could Could potentially be a good thing for him to try to readjust his thinking a little bit and really take some time to figure out what the hell he's going to do for these two games.
0: Or he overthinks it, and he has too much time to overthink it, and then becomes a problem. But I also think it's a wonderful time for Jota to, you know, prove himself as he already has to uh, get join the national team. As Christian smiles, he knows the other Jota. You got to be very specific. That's right. The the Celtic (laughs) Jota. Jota. Celtic Jota who uh, should be on the national team. The guy's a beast right now. Yo, I wanted uh, to add,
2: can I just add on to that? I'm going to pull it up so real cool. quick. Jota just it's came amazing. up. amazing, I know. So he just said this. I, I thought I'd add on. Okay, he's right here. So he said, I'll translate. I don't know what Befica was thinking, uh, but my family's happy in, uh, in Celtic. I don't know what you and... Right? Uh, Mitch and Richie thinks about that. You listen, guys, uh... listen.
3: Let me just chime in here. This guy <laughs> was given his opportunities left and right, week in, week out. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, uh, he didn't make the most of it. And then he—that's—that's that's what happens, right? So he got his chance now. He's got more playing time. He's playing well. Let's get real. It's the Scottish League. Let's not get uh, mm. let's go, let's not get too excited. But alluding back to Portugal and the lack of identity, what bugged me the most about that loss to Serbia was the fitness levels of our team fitness levels were they're not they're not there at the highest level for some reason how we take our foot off the gas after winning one nothing is unexplainable right and same thing goes with George Zouj. I see I see Benfica they they press first 5 10 minutes everybody's excited everybody's got full energy and then it, it all just seems to dissipate. And then we just kind of start relaxing, start defending, you start ball watching, you start getting narrow, you know, you start playing back behind your own half. Like you guys noted when uh, Cancelo didn't uh, pass half, right? Stuff like that needs to change. The fitness levels, the mentality of pushing forward. Even when you're up one nothing, keep going, right? The best defense is offense, right? Like the old saying.
1: But Richie, how much of that is the player's fitness levels and how much of that is the coach? implementing the tactic of when when we went up on nothing okay let's sit back let's defend let's because we they were good with a one nothing win they were good with a tie so part of me thinks it's it's fernand sanch saying okay Mm -hmm. now let's let's drop back let's sit back let's let's just defend let's hold the result right i think there's there there is a a a good point into the fitness levels but i also think there's the tactic there that the that fernand sanch because he likes that he likes that style. He likes to sit back. He likes to invite the, the players because he, he likes to play the counter attack. And, and I actually said, when we scored first, I actually thought it was a good thing because I thought that that fell right into how Fernand Sanchez likes to play. But then to Richie's point, did they were they just <laughs> lacking the energy? Because normally, yeah, in a perfect situation, that's how we're most dangerous. We've got one of the most lethal counter in the world. We've got so much speed, but we weren't able to. We weren't able to make it happen. So was it was it the fitness levels, or was it just poor tactics? Like I, I don't know what it, what the answer is. I,
2: I honestly think it's what you said, Mitch. I think it's the coaching because I alluded to this last on the last podcast. If these players were showing the same, you know, outtake on their teams, if they looked like they lacked fitness on their teams, you could say that. You see the exact same players, I, and again, I mentioned this last podcast literally become the best players in the world in their position. Like, you, you you, go player for player, most of those players are some of the best in their position in the world. They know what they got to do on the field. Then you come to Portugal, and it's completely different. And I know I alluded to this again, but I'm going to mention it again because I feel like it's so important. After that Ireland game, he's like, 0-0 is the same as 5 nothing. So when you talk like that, even if it's true, even if the players know that in the back, uh, in the back of their heads, when you say that, it's sort of gives off that you know zero zero is good you know let's hold the result kind of mentality yeah. instead of go there for the kill kind of mentality that's right and it's efficiency like said, it's efficiency yeah. and uh you like there's certain things that you know uh as a coach that are are facts but you don't implement that to your team because then you know the the team feeds off that and uh, you see it in Portugal man like like you said perfectly Mitch when we went up one nothing, they were like, okay, it's time to defend. Instead of no, let's go get the second. No, let's get the third. No. And that, that's where I feel like the coach is lacking, man. And yeah, that, that's that's okay, where that's but, where I sit on it.
0: I, I don't want to beat a dead horse here and and, and have this continue <laughs> on and on and on. But I will say this: you can't there is at some point you can't just be playing all out attack and all out offense all the time. You have to also play smart in the sense of what's the risk reward here right now i'm not saying they scored their first goal two minutes into the game there is no reason why they should have immediately gone defensive and just start playing back because there's still 88 minutes to go 100 you still gotta you know play strong and, and all that for at least for a certain period of time if he were to decide you know what second half we're going to play a little bit more defensive a little bit more conservative sure no problem, because. At some point, what you don't want to do is you're going all out on the attack, then you're opening up yourself to the possibility of giving up the counter attack and all that, right? You don't you don't want to make that happen. So there is some strategy there. I do think it's a little too conservative on Fernand's yeah, side yeah. for sure, but there ha- you can't go all out attacking either. Yeah, for sure. And like
2: uh, you ha- you just finished off what you said perfectly. Uh, I feel like it's okay to be conservative sometimes, but I feel like Fernand Santos is too conservative, and that, that's what happens. So He's a little bit a too
1: conservative. <clears throat> this is, so the, the two games that we're going, going in, there, there's one big difference between the last two games that we played against, against Ireland and, and Serbia. And that's that we can't tie these games to get through. And mata mata. We have to win. It's a have to win. Do you think that that changes for Linsen's strategy? Because as you said, he went into the game against Ireland with the mentality that, uh, Nil-nil draw was the same as a 5 nothing win, and we went into Serbia knowing that either a win or a tie would get us through. Do you think the fact that these are two must-win games, do you think that that changes his mentality and his his tactics or his strategy?
2: I feel like it's better for Portugal because we have a lot of game breakers. We have a lot of big game players. I feel like these guys are going to be up for it, I, I, I really think. So I think that, in my personal opinion, will benefit Portugal compared to a game where they need to draw, We have guys like Ronaldo. He, he fucking lives for those moments, man. We we all know throughout his whole career, he loves Champions League knockout football. He loves anything where the spotlight could be on him. He fucking gets up for it, and he he, he usually shows up. So I think in that aspect, it, it is that that difference is good. And knowing that a lot of these players, even guys like Bruno, I, I didn't even think about this, could be their last World Cup by the next time uh, the next World Cup comes around, he's going to be 32 years old. With the amount of talents that we have coming up, it's not guaranteed for him. So there's a lot of big game players that are going to be up for these knockout mata
3: mata jokes. So I
2: I think in that aspect, it can help.
3: Well, just to go back to the Serbia game, like Serbia is not a fast team by any means, right? They have a big target man up front. They like to play the aerial ball, overpass the midfield, play direct. And that's how they beat us right so it's it's a matter of we have to control the ball better in the midfield right we have the players to hold the ball we have we have the players to spread the ball vertically to get get forward fast in those indirect false forward positions and we're not we're not exploiting the these teams properly right and instead of playing to our strengths it seems like we're just we're playing into our own weakness, which is our own mentality of not trying to kill games. Because Portugal used to have this aura about them when you play Portugal. Holy shit, man, we're going. This is going to be a tough game. And now it's like, oh, we can beat these guys, right? Oh, there's a ton of footage out there, right? There's a ton of footage with every formation out in the world, right? And if we're not studying it properly, then, you know, the manager is always to blame. Because like you said, these players top level they all play individually brilliant on their own on their own uh, on their own squads right so it's 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 sad times for Portugal right now these guys need to smarten up
0: so before we move on to other stuff let's just uh, go around the room Portugal Turkey uh who wins I'm we'll gonna start with you Mitch
1: my heart's always gonna say Portugal um, and and in any normal circumstances this should be a team that and a game that we're winning easily. Um, We all know that that's that's not the case today. Um, The one good thing is Turkey doesn't seem to have a lot of experience playing with three at the back. So I don't know that necessarily they're going to be confident enough to deploy that tactic against Portugal. If they do, I think it could be a big challenge for us. I think Portugal is going to be up for it. I think the players are going to rally around the fact that they want Ronaldo in the next world cup. And I think we beat Turkey hands
0: down rich.
3: Right now. It's not very hopeful. I'm thinking extra time, maybe get it done in extra time. And hopefully if we don't then in penalties, obviously my heart is with Portugal all all times. Christian.
2: Yeah. We have a podcast called tooth to So I'm not uh, (laughs) going to go, uh, (laughs) I'm not going to go against Portugal, but, uh, I do think with, I agree with Rich, it's going to be a very tough game. Uh, Turkey, one of their strengths, is they're a lot like Portugal where they play better, usually besides the last zero, in bigger games. They have a history of it. Uh, it's going to be very tough. They're going to be up for it. They're going to be rallied. They're going to be motivated. I think it's not going to be easy. I think that yeah, we can get it done in our extra time. I think so. I think it's not going to be one of those blowout games. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Maybe it's just that hangover from the Serbia game <laughs> talking. Uh, but I, I do think it's gonna be a close game. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm
0: gonna go Portugal for sure. Yeah, I would tend to agree. I think Portugal uh, <clears throat> Portugal should pull it out. I hope they pull it out. Uh, Turkey scares me. I think I agree with Rich. I think it's gonna be a, a long game. It could go extra time or 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 uh, or penalty kicks. But um, I do think Portugal, especially home field advantage uh unless they're playing at the luge then we're in trouble but uh (laughs) i I think that uh, portugal should be able to pull it out and then it's either north macedonia or italy italy should win that game north macedonia is pretty dangerous too uh but assuming italy wins i mean that's going to be a heck of a game that one would go to penalty kicks for sure there's no doubt in my mind uh and just i want to say one quick thing about portugal italy remember portugal was the last team to beat them before they went on a 37 game unbeaten streak so it's not like portugal can't get a a result against italy it'll be tough but we'll have to see what happens so lots to go on there uh those games will be played march 24th and 29th um so it'll be very interesting to see what happens let
1: me just make one comment yep if it's portugal italy and if it's if I had to choose between losing against Italy or losing against Turkey, I would rather we lose against Turkey. Fire Fernand Sanch and <laughs> because I, I cannot, agree. I cannot stomach losing to Italy and Italy being the reason that Cristiano Ronaldo does not get one more oh. crack at the World Cup. Yeah, I would especially not be after able leaving Italy. Sleep at night, I would not be able to stomach that. So if it's to, if if it's not beating Italy, I say we lose to fucking Turkey. Fernand Sanch. Like Christian, you said um beige un cage. fuck <laughs> off and yeah. let's let's regroup and and yeah. let's think of let's think of the next tournament. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, agree. I agree with
3: him. I agree with Mitch, but as long as you play well. If you lose but play well and you leave it all out there, then what can you do, right?
0: Like the Belgium game, right? In in yeah. Euro. Yeah. It was same thing. All right, boys. Um uh lots on the club level to talk about. Uh before we get to the Lisbon Derby, which is what everyone really wants to talk about. Just want to bring up the uh, Champions League. Uh, first of all, congratulations to, of course, Sporting. Of course, we already booked their spot in the round of 16. Uh, only the second time in club history that they're in the round of 16. So uh, well done to them. They've certainly uh, earned it. Uh, will they be joined by Porto and Benfica? There and it's going to need some work there to get that done. Uh, Porto currently in second place. Hey, if they beat Atletico Madrid, they move on. Uh, but a draw they'll need AC Milan, uh, to uh, draw or lose against Liverpool for that to happen. And then there's Benfica, um, which actually they're they're kind of in a pretty decent position, even though they're in third because uh, Barcelona goes up against Bayern Munich, so Bayern should win that game. So as long as Benfica gets a result, Benfica should be moving on as well. Uh, what are you guys thinking here about Champions League?
2: Um, yeah, well, I got I to gotta say, man, um, Ruben ammoni is, you know, and I was a critic of him. Uh, when he first went there, I'll, I'll be the first one to say it. I'll take it on the chin. I thought it was expensive. I didn't even know who he was really. Uh, I knew who he was player level, but coaching-wise, Hey, I, guys I have
1: such a great president that really
2: <laughs> it's not it's not the time for this all right uh but I uh, know all jokes aside uh he's really got that locker room going right now he's done really really good one thing that I've noticed there has been a culture change at sport so when we lost and remember talked about this when we lost five1 to AC Milan the players walked around the stadium and the whole entire stadium applauded them the whole time they applauded them they still applaud they lost 5 nothing. the whole stadium applauded them. and then Ruben Amuni said that was one of the best moments that he had at sporting and that, that really rallied
1: which game AX after, well, when we got spanked
2: A-X. by AX yeah, yeah. and then the whole everybody everybody was like man we don't have experience we um you know we're we're not going to do anything uh this is just shows that you know European like the European level sporting is not good enough the next game, we were still without POTS, without a lot of big players. We lost 1-0, but you can see the growth in that, in that team. They're really organized. They got up. They played really well. Borussia Dortmund won that game, but it was just by like a half chance. It was very 50-50 game. Then the two Beziktas game games came, and we showed up. We had a full squad. We played really well, really confident. And we spanked them in both games. And you can see them growing with momentum. And then yeah, come in that Dortmund game. All we needed is a two-goal lead. And they were up for it, man. They came in guns a-blazing, right from the first minute. Going and man, I know Bruce Dortmund was a lot of guys with a lot of guys, but you know, player for player, if you look at what their you know s- squad worth is, like two, three times higher than ours, man. And we we went there and we deservingly won that game we played really well really confident and uh a big a big a big player for us and a big change compared to the Ajax game in that one was a guy named Pedro Gonçalves he has four goals in three Champions League games uh he's one of those players where you look at him you don't really notice him you don't really know him it's much like Ronaldo nowadays a, lo- a lot of his games where you know he's quiet sometimes like man I don't know what maybe we should sub him out but he's one of those really dangerous man he gets a half chance and it's you know it's in the back of the net uh and i I also got to add on to this last year a big critic of ruban amoni was that we were doing well because we had no fans and we did not go in europe and i know it's still early but you know we're in all the competitions we're in the portuguese league we're in the tasa we're in the league we're in the champions league And we're night right now, we're tied for first place. So, oh, you you just jinxed it. It's okay, it's okay. But I'm just saying, it's a long season, anything could happen. But you know, this guy's definitely punching above his his weight level, and we're doing really, really, really well. And you know, obviously, in the round of 16, there's a lot, a lot of great teams, but sporting's not going to be easy to knock out, man. The way they're playing, they're very united, they're very there's a big togetherness, we're very hard to break down, and we have guys you know at front that can that can score
1: my concern with sporting at this point and i'm going to give all my lucertinge credit you guys played played really well full credit to you guys And uh, I, I don't uh, there's nothing more than i love than seeing uh germans losing in portugal so even if it's the sporting yeah. i will i will be cheering but the one thing that concerns me with sporting to your point what a difference in level of play that they had Without certain key players, for example, against Ajax they were missing Quats, they were missing uh, uh, bot, uh, they were missing a couple of other guys. I think yeah was, was still missing. What concerns me with Sporting is their lack of depth. You see the the, the 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 massive golf in in class in a game where they were missing three or four key key players to when they have those key three or four players, and that to me is where. If, if I'm a sporting fan, that's where I'm concerned the most is that there's that big of a difference in the quality of play when they're missing three or four guys.
2: Yeah, so th- those three players to add on to that point. And, you, and honestly, you are right there. You are right. Take nothing away from what you said. It is true. But I think there's only three positions where that falls into play. And that's Koach, that's Perinha, and that's Perdi Gonçalves. I feel like uh, Perinha is a monster in the midfield. Super hard to get past. He's everywhere. He's much like a kante uh, and Koachi is the leader back there you've seen uh Sporting without him against Ajax uh where we have a lot of young guys back there he's sort of the leader they call him El Patrón for a reason and then Pot Pot is our main goal scorer a guy like Paulinho he's just he's very great off the ball you got to really understand uh soccer or football uh to understand what he brings to the game off the ball cuz he's he's everywhere he's working he works for the team uh but he doesn't score. He doesn't really score, let's call it how it is. Besides him scoring in the Champions he has a few goals, but up front it's very tough and you can see in Sporting struggle to score without Pot. So I think going to your point, you are right, we do lack uh depth in certain positions, one being with Pot, if Pot's out, very shaky again, Palhinha and Coates. Other positions I feel like we can, you know, Shift and you won't notice too much, but that spine is definitely uh really hard to replace. Really hard to so- replace.
0: So that's Sporting. and they're off to the round of 16. Uh, the one that's really interesting right now is obviously Benfica. So again, uh, you can see here on the screen, they are currently in third place. They've got five points. Barcelona second with seven. Uh, Bayern Munich, I mean, they're just running away with this thing. They're a perfect five and no oh, 15 points. But Benfica uh, has the luxury of playing Dinamo Kiev in the final game, Barcelona versus Bayern. So assuming Bayern gets the job done, wins that game, all Benfica has to do is pull out a W against Dinamo Kiev. Rich, is it possible? Is it going to happen?
3: Absolutely. And it's in Lisbon, too, so there's no excuses. We should have won the first game. The referee really didn't let us. There was a few missed calls there, a red card issue. Like, there was, it was unbelievable. But anyways, no excuses. We're going to beat them. We have to beat them. And we need Bayern to do us a favor. And I can't see why not. It'll be in Munich, right? It'll be in Munich, so it'll be tough for Barca. And it'll be tough for Benfica. Let's get real; It's it'll be a lot of pressure, but we got the fans behind us, and we got to get the W. Simple as that.
1: Mitch, I agree with Rich. I uh, mean, there, there's no reason why we we shouldn't be beating a, a team like Dinamo. I know we had, like uh, Rich mentioned, we had some issues in the in the first game, but you know, I, I've been in, impressed with uh, with Benfica this year. You know, even even in the games, and I mentioned it here, even in the games against against Bayern. Uh, you know, we we did not look like a you know a, a small minded team. We did not look out of our realm playing against even a team like Bayern, who right now I think is is uh, arguably the best club team. Um, you know, next to you know your Man Cities and whatnot. I mean, their 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 class is just on another level. So you know, the fact that Bifica, you know, we did beat Barcelona three nothing. Even in the last game, we actually should have beat Barcelona one nothing if it wasn't for is just unbelievable miss i mean I, I i mean i i think i was i think i sat in front of my tv with my mouth hanging open for for a solid five minutes just i could not believe he missed that that uh, chance at the end of the game if any of you guys have not seen it if you go and watch the the uh the highlights from from Ifica, barcelona in the 92nd minute sofetovic misses i mean he does everything you guys pick up all uh, over the over the goalie i mean he's he's by himself it, too much all he, all he needs to, put, to do is put the ball in the back of the net, and he doesn't. Um, so, you know, we, we we should have come out of Barcelona with three points already. Um, I think as long as we've got a full, healthy squad um, going into Lisbon, we should get the job done. And, and then we're just dependent on Byron, like Richie says, doing us a favor.
0: I want to just, by the way, say uh, hello to all the sporting fans that are uh, joining us. <laughs> so uh, it's nice. You, uh, Mitch, you said that. It would even things up with Rich joining, but uh, with all the people watching you right now, it's clearly uh, all the Lions here. And I'm cheering so. it to
1: cheer Jonathan. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to mention for the Benfica Dinamo Kiev, I'm going to be in Portugal and I'm going to try very hard to be at that game. Nice. Uh, so, wow. So we'll, we'll see. That's It'll be, major. It be my first uh, ever Champions League game if, uh, if I'm able to make it. Nice. So I'll you know what? I can try
0: I can say uh, I went to a Champions League game, Sporting versus Barcelona, uh, about four years ago uh, in Alvalov. Uh, it was cool seeing Messi play in person. Uh, and Jorge uh, Jesus was the coach at the time. So uh, it, you know, it's a fun experience, though. There's nothing like it, especially that first time when you hear the anthem, the Champions League anthem, you get sure. goosebumps or whatever. Um, we can't forget our friends up north, Porto. Uh, again, they're in second place right now, so feeling a little good, but... They're also going to be in tough. So they've got Atletico Madrid, which is no easy task. And then AC Milan, of course, also taking on uh, Liverpool. So there's lots that can change there between second and fourth in this group. Um, does Porto move on to the round of 16? or Are they looking to uh, the Europa League? I mean, I uh, yeah. Are they looking to the Europa League?
2: You know what? Before I start, uh, hats off to Portugal, man. Um, three tough groups. Uh, Porto in the toughest, in my opinion. Befica is definitely top two. Uh, Barcelona is not what they were, but they're still Barcelona. Uh, and sporting, you know, obviously Borussia Dortmund and Ajax is no easy task. So first, before I start with Porto, cheers to Portugal. I know we have our rivalries and we bust balls in our ch- in our chats and all that stuff. But, you know, it is good for Portugal. It shows that, you know, how big of our, our league is has become. Definitely three big teams. And I honestly, for the first time, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, this might be the first time that... Three Portuguese teams go to the knockouts. Yes. I, I believe Absolutely. it's the first if, time. If they do, if it happens. Yes. So uh, that being said, going on with Porto, uh, I got to say, man, uh, against Liverpool, they lost 2-0. But, man, did they have their chances. Oh. They they could have got a result this game. Uh, they they were up for it. They were a big difference from the, the first game they played Liverpool. Um, I feel like Conceição uh, did that meme. I don't know if you guys see where he went and slapped all the players after the game. Uh, Because, man, they were were up for it. They just got to be more uh, lethal in front of the net. Um, Atletico. Atletico is one of those tricky teams. In my opinion, one of the trickiest teams to read in the Champions League because they can beat anybody and they can lose to anybody. So uh, it's obviously going to be a very tough ask for Porto to beat Atletico because Simeone is a very organized coach. He's going to be very hard to score on. And they play well in Europe. They play they well, well in, Europe. in Europe. They play very well in Europe, but that being said, much like what Bifica has, they're going to be at home, and the ball's in the court. So, I I think they can do it.
1: Do we know how long Pep's out for? Is I'm not sure. I'm they not lost sure. Pep early in the game, and that, that yeah, that, big loss, for, a big them loss Portugal, for them and Portugal
2: and Portugal. Ruben Diaz, in my opinion, is the best uh, player, defensive player for Portugal. But that importance Pep has, he hasn't taken that realm yet. And rightfully so, Pep's older. He's been there for a long time. So I do think he's a very important uh, player for Portugal and Port. But, yeah, that being said, um, I think, you know, both Bifica and Porto, the ball is in their court. And uh, I think they're favored to go through. Well, m- mostly Bifica. Porto is like 50-50, but like I said, the ball is in their court. So, And hats off to Porto. They played really well.
3: Christian. And, and just Go All ahead, right. Rich. No, don't be sorry. Uh, um, Atletico Madrid are going to have to loosen up, though, because they're in last place. They're not going to be playing their same style, right? They have to gamble, and Porto's going to exploit them. Porto's going to go through. Porto's going to go go through. All the Portuguese teams are going to go through, and then it's a matter of who we play, who we play Mm. next. (laughs) And then it's a matter of fitness levels (laughs) because – When you see the difference between Benfica and Bayern, it's not even close. You know what I mean? To last 90 minutes with these guys, these individual guys that they have, they can break you down so easily, so fast, that you have to almost shift where your players are. Like Grimaldo was absolutely torched by Coman, right? And these little individual battles where these guys, these Avrilatis, right, these can openers, they make all the difference in these big games, right? Yeah, for sure. The when thing with when the you, thing with you see Byron, Byron
1: loading up Serge Gnabry <coughs> off off your substitute bench, I mean, like, what are we talking about here? But the All thing
0: right? to remember about Byron is they're not, as, as much as they seem unbeatable, they aren't invincible. I mean, they have a tendency, especially coming off of, like, international breaks or just like little periods of time, they always seem to kind of slip up a bit. I mean, they ended up drawing against, like, the second-last-place team in Bundesliga last week. So, I mean, it's not like they're they're invincible here, but it is—I mean, <laughs> they are one of the best teams in the world for a reason. Yeah. Uh, speaking of one of the best teams in the world, of the, of the, of the, of the uh, one of the best teams in the world, of course, Sporting, um, <laughs> and they have a big game coming up. It is the Lisbon Derby, Sporting versus Benfica, Friday, December third. It is going to be huge, and. Uh, so the question that is really simple who wins this and uh, there's two Benfica people here there's two sporting people here uh so uh let's always be nice to our guests so the guests can go first so rich take it away the floor is yours say nice things or i'm going to boot you off the podcast but uh <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> well Sports gotta... in
0: Benfica, lisbon derby what do you got
3: i'll start with the formations right away so you got three five two versus three five two and uh Personally, I think Sporting do it better. Naturally, they have uh, the the players that that can, and the coach that can get those players playing right. So, Benfica had to adapt. They had to buy a center back last year in January. They kind of had to force the situation because they realized the four three three wasn't working, the four four two wasn't working. So it's more unnatural for Benfica. But you know, the difference is that in the midfield. Right, we got Weigel and João Mario. These guys can hold the ball well. They can, you know, distribute lateral, vertical, all the keep possession, right? Keep that mixed possession going. But Sporting have that destroyer in the midfield, that Palinha. He's the natural defensive mid, which Benfica don't have, which makes Sporting a little more versatile in my mind. That being said, it's going to be a tight game, like always. All derbies are, we're at home at the luge we got we got the the 12th man it's going to be tough it's going to be very tough and it's those individual battles like i always say right so
0: i want to throw this question out to all of you on this uh the game is friday december 3rd tuesday and wednesday is the champions league games Sporting already guaranteed to round of 16 so they can put their full attention on this Lisbon Derby. You know that obviously Benfica wants to beat uh, Sporting because the Lisbon Derby certainly takes priority. But you also want to stay healthy, you want to stay sharp, and you want to stay fresh for that Champions League to try and get into round of 16 as well. Does Georges Jesus uh, take, uh, uh, address this game any differently knowing that he has such a huge game a few days later?
1: I don't think he can afford to. That's right. You just can't, you can't, you can't afford to, you know, Um, it's such a big game, you know, he's going to have to put, and this is again, when, when, when the question of depth uh, comes into play, I think we have um, depth in certain positions that, that, uh, you know, he can make certain adjustments. Um, But at the end of the day, it's, it's, you know, it's a derby. We need to win this. We need to win the derby. Um, And he can play, he can come out, you know, whether, whether we play, Uh, Darwin up front or Seferovic or Yeremchak, like there's depth in that role. Whether we play, um, you know, Everton or whether we go with, uh, you know, Rafa or or PZ or you know, throw in Gonzalo Ramos in a different position, I mean, there's depth there to be effective. To Richie's point, sporting is going to be very tricky because I really do feel like they they have a little bit um, more versatility. And no, they're they're a little Maybe. bit more dangerous in certain situations. You uh, can go ahead and say playing, that they're a better team. Yeah, they're go not ahead and a say better it. team. No, no, they're no. not. Yeah. They're not a better team. No, that's what you meant, though. We all understood. <laughs> they're they're they have got certain certain things that that could harm Mayfique, And We've seen Bafikin be vulnerable a few times this year, um, and 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 Sporting have a couple of of different shavs that they can they can use to to really to really hurt big so if you guys to be careful george this is going to be a very much a tactical battle between george Zeus and over because they they play two very similar styles like richie said sporting is is a little bit more uh they have a little bit more experience in playing that uh, that you know three at the back either three five two or three four three uh they they, they've got a little bit more experience playing that that role george Zeus is is just kind of getting these players into you know into the 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 groove of playing that that role, so it's it's really going to be very much a tactical battle. Um, but at the luge at home, you know, last year without fans, you couldn't talk about the twelfth man in a in a derby. Uh, it 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 makes a difference, man. It does make a difference. So it it's going to be a, a tough game, I think. Benfica gets a one goal victory, whether it be one nothing, two one. It's going to be a one one goal victory for Benfica. That's my prediction
2: yeah um one thing that ruben and just uh to add on putting portugal into there is that they have an identity the players know their role they know what they got to do uh he does not shy away from the three four three like you like uh richie talked you talked. they they have they they're better at that system because he does not shy away from that system uh he's been criticized for it like oh why don't you switch this why don't you switch this why don't you do this that this no, he, he he sticks to his guts. So in that aspect, I do agree with you guys. He is, in terms of the three at the back, I feel like Sporting has the edge a little bit just because they don't shy away from it. Uh, but individual stats, I think that all goes out the window in a derby. Derby games are different. It doesn't matter if Ifeike is in twelfth and Sporting's in first, or Ifeike is in first, Sporting's in twelfth. Derbies are different. Uh, it's it's all out the window. Players are up for it. Much like what Portugal is going to experience with Turkey and Italy, it's just a different taste, different different feeling. Uh, I I personally think it's going to be a lot like the Porto game. They're going to cancel each other out. I could see a one-one or a zero-zero. That's kind of what I, I'm I know it, to. I know it's not the sexy answer. Uh, obviously, my heart wants Sporting to win. What And Shock anything it. can happen in a dermit in a derby. But I do think it's going to be one of those games where they cancel each other out. It's going to be a a 1-1 or a 0-0.
0: But, you know, I I tend to agree. Like, I'm thinking about a 1-1 scoreline. But, man, oh, man. Sporting and Benfica, they just have a history of it is just – throw everything out the window and it becomes like a goal machine and everyone scoring goals and turns out to be this like stupid game uh which is entertaining for the fans of course frustrating for coaches and so forth uh but i do think though that um there's a lot of play here i think sporting is going to be a little bit looser in the sense of you know they're feeling a little bit more confidence are already through to the round of 16 this is gonna be a big week for benfica big couple weeks for benfica uh but i still think it comes away with uh with a draw and you know
2: And can I just add one more thing? I don't think this – well, every point counts, but I don't think whoever wins or loses, the season's over by any means. I feel like it is – a. obviously, every point counts, but it's a long season. Uh, yeah. I, I'm going to go and say, like, I know for me, putting my uh, bias aside, my heart aside, <laughs> it is another three points. Pefica uh, Sporting, although it hits different, it is a derby game, and it's one of the most beautiful derbies in the world. I'm very excited for it. Um, it's three points. And uh, them losing three points for either Bifika or Sporting against these guys, and Maritimo is the exact same thing. So I don't think whoever, whatever happens this game, it's going to, you know, like make them win the, the, the cup or not. I think it's just another three points. So I just thought I'd add that.
0: It'll be pretty interesting. A lot of fun. Uh, final thoughts uh, go around the room.
1: Uh, Mitch. Final thoughts overall on um, anything, whatever on anything. Yeah, no, um, you know, obviously it, uh, a big week uh, for for multiple reasons. I think Christian hit hit the nail on the head. I think uh, as Portuguese soccer fans as a whole, we've got a lot to be proud of. We've got three teams battling it out uh, for the round of sixteen of Champions League. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing to see. It only speaks to you know the quality of uh, of the football in Portugal. And you know, I think uh, you know Jurgen Klopp is a you know admittedly a big fan of the Portuguese league. He said it many times and there's a reason for it. And I think we all see it. That's why we're doing this podcast. We all see the quality out of the Portuguese league. And, you know, it's, uh, it's great to finally see that finally coming to fruition on, uh, on the European stage uh, in the champions league to see, see our teams uh, go, going head to head with uh, the best clubs in the world. You know, that, that, that's awesome. And we should all be very proud of that. So on a club level, I think it's, uh, it's been a great week, obviously at the international level, we're still all, you know, very frustrated with the situation with Fernand Sanchez and where we find ourselves having to to fight it out uh, to be in a World Cup that we should have easily been automatically qualified for. We weren't. We're, we're in a situation where we have to fight for our lives against arguably the best team in the world right now, Italy, potentially. And, uh, you know, that's frustrating for every, every Portugal fan. So, um, you know, we're going to have to see what happens uh, come March. But we're, you know, we're all obviously rooting for Portugal. But we'll uh, we'll see what happens. So some big weeks coming up, uh, some big things coming up. Our players continue to do well. Jota got another brace uh, for Liverpool this morning. He continues his big form. Portuguese players all over the all over the map are are doing well. So overall, it's it's uh, it's been a very positive yeah. couple of weeks for, for Can Portuguese I just
2: football. Add two more things, sorry. One you've is got your uh, final thoughts. So this um,
0: is your final thoughts.
2: <clears throat> I just wanted to thank Richie for coming okay. on. Uh, when we started this podcast, uh, we were really passionate about Portuguese soccer. And one of, and for me personally, one of my biggest things is to have my friends come on. And that's what we do, man. We talk soccer. We we love it. It's our passion. We It, it runs our life, at least for me. And uh, I just wanted to, again, thank Richie for coming on. We really appreciate it. Really appreciate the support. Appreciate everything, man. And thank, thank you again, man. It's amazing hey, man no problem. Problem. I wish
3: on. I could do this full time, my friend, but it doesn't pay the bills, right? For sure. Uh,
2: and another thing, I just want to ask you guys one more thing before we wrap up here. Uh, do you think uh, Pedro Gonsalves gets called up for the knock, knockout stage? I mean, he has I mean, to.
3: What are we talking about? He, he has, has to, to talking. right? Like, what are we doing here? The guy's and in it, form. It's all about who's in form. And, it,
2: and I don't want to – I, I didn't ask that. Honestly, I know you guys are going to roast me for this, but because he plays for sporting – but I'm, I'm mostly asking that because he got zero minutes in the Euro. And it was a big topic for us. And I feel like, you know, that's, that's a big question mark for, for Fernando Santos. Do you call him up? Do you switch it up? Or do you stay with what you know for the two novel games?
1: How much time do we have? Because Do we want to jump into this? I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. This, He was the leading goal scorer in the Portuguese League. He's the yes. first midfielder in the Portuguese League history to ever win the the, the or the the, the Botador in 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 the Liga this guy should have been implemented Fernandes should have been working to implement this guy into our starting 11 already last last year like yeah. the fact that that yeah. hasn't happened is 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 a crime in my in my eyes this guy is is unbelievable he is not going to be at Sporting for no. very much longer no, he's no. going to be going to a big club this guy's yeah. talent is is so underrated yeah. the fact that Fernandes has not Made it a priority to factor Pedro Gonçalves into our starting eleven, or or at least a super sub into into our formation. It all comes down to the fact that we yeah. don't have an identity, and that he has not been able to find out how and figure out how to get the best out of a very very talented group of players. Yes,
3: yes, yeah. he's like a mix mixture of a number ten, number eight, and unfortunately Bruno's there too, right? And he's very similar in that aspect. And it's tough to it's tough to crack the squad, but when you're, it's all about who's in form. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you play for. If you're in form, you got to get called up. You have to play, and the coach has to figure it out because these guys all know how to play ball. They all know, man. Nah. Right? They all, these guys I'm all just, know how to play. They got. You just have to teach them which system you want them to play.
0: in. I, I'm just saying, you're talking about putting people in form and calling them up. Sure. I mean, there's just someone that just happened to show up on the screen Super right now. I don't sub. know how that Super happens. Sub.
3: get him in there. <laughs> Uh, Uh, I love it. I love love it. it. Uh, Rich,
0: do you have final thoughts, buddy?
3: No, Mitch, Mitch nailed it on the head, man. Very proud. Very proud to be Portuguese. Everybody's playing well, club level. It's going to be a tough year in the Portuguese league. It's going to come down for the last two, three weeks. And then you're going to start doing the math. And when you lost points to that stupid game, and then that's how, that's how it always goes. Right. And on the international level, again, very frustrating very hard, very hard to see this team not excel. Um, we've we've dropped levels um, substantially in my mind. Um, Fernandes is stuck in time, right? You know, he's he's he's, he's that that pre moringo era where you know these coaches <clears throat> just grind out result and try to try to be as efficient as possible instead of being more pragmatic and progressive. And trying to play good football and exciting, attacking, fluid football, right? Uh, some would say that, you know, more gambling. But these guys, these old-timers, they're, they're hard-headed. And it's going to be very difficult to change his mind. And uh, we'll see if we can get the result against Turkey and then go from there. You can't look past any game, right? Even Benfica today, we play the The It can be very tough. can't even look past this one. Right, you start looking at the next games, you start planning ahead too far, and your
1: plan gets out the window. Right, 100%. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face, right? yeah. absolutely. Man. <laughs> Mike Tyson. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, you know what? I, I think that uh, Portugal certainly in tough with their World Cup draw. I think that uh, we can't look past Turkey. Everyone's talking Portugal, Italy, but I, I don't think Italy can look past North Macedonia. I don't think Portugal can look past Turkey. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see what happens. It would be an absolute shame to see Portugal not go to the World Cup, especially with uh, the, the embarrassment of riches that we we have on this team. Um, but it is very much a possibility uh, everyone talks about, and, and, and in many ways, rightfully so, places a lot of blame on for sunch but you know what? The players also have to take some responsibility as well, and I think the players need to step up. They need to get the job done. You saw it in Manchester United, Ole's last game, and uh, you know you saw the players saying, hey, blame us, blame us, not the coach, and and I want to see some of that also, some responsibility, some accountability on the national team. They have a few months to get that right. Uh, I do think it's possible. It's not the end of the world quite yet, um, but if, uh, Portugal does end up crashing out, then, uh, the Suns un- era is over. We can start looking ahead to uh, Euro 2024, uh, in Germany in terms of the Lisbon Derby, uh, hopefully sporting wins. Uh, it'll be a draw though. Uh, you know, if I had to put money, I'd say draw first. And then if I had to put money, I'd probably put Benfica. Then I'd probably put sporting. Wow. But, uh, oh my uh, yeah. God. Very we'll nice. We'll see. We'll Yo, see. You wish- revoke. Revolving- Christian's going to slash my tires. But, uh, you know, and uh, the final thought, as you saw in that picture, Jota, call him up at some point. I think uh, he's the real deal this year. He's on fire. Take advantage. So, uh, hey, there's a, there's, a,
1: there's a guy in the second division of uh, Portugal that's doing really well, too. Maybe we should call him up. Yeah. Oh, you can't even compare. You can't even compare.
0: Uh, as Christian said, Rich, thanks so much for joining in. A lot of great insights. This was a lot of fun. Uh, too bad about the garbage behind you, but... You know, hey, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I
3: like That's the somebody. color of your uh, sweater you got on there, bud. All right. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, you know,
0: I, I wanted to feel like I was part of the Benfica crew. I can't just always be sporting here, right? No. Uh, awesome. Uh, for Mitch, Christian, Rich, and myself, Kevin, thank you so much uh, for tuning in. And for everyone who was uh, joining in for... Uh, uh, watching uh, around the world uh, we really appreciate it thank you very much uh, enjoy the derby enjoy the champions league game and we'll talk to you soon have a good one
3: ciao guys ciao, ciao.